Welcome to the teaching ministry of Magnolia's First. To learn more, visit m1bc.org. I've been blessed to travel many different places in the world over the years, but I think of two trips in particular that I would contrast. One was a trip to Tokyo, Japan. Uh, My sons organized that trip in the late 90s for us. It was kind of a pilgrimage uh, in that I was born in Tokyo, Japan. My parents were a part of the United States Army occupation force after World War II. And uh, so I was born there in Tokyo General Hospital. If you've ever watched the old MASH series, they will often refer to Tokyo General Hospital. And it's a real place. And uh, we got to visit what was left of it. But I, I will never forget the trip over there. We, uh, we got on the plane and we sat on the runway for 10 hours. Now, that was back before they made it illegal for the airlines to do that. But 10 hours, we finally took off, and it took another 10 hours for the flight uh, to get there. And so we got there in the early morning hours, and by the time we got our luggage and found how to connect with the subway to get to the other part of the city uh, where our hotel was located, uh, when we came up to, to ground level, Uh, There was nobody on the streets. We couldn't read any of the signs because they were all in Japanese, and we knew zero Japanese. And so we had no idea which path to take to get to our hotel. And I contrast that with a trip that I took with some people from our church in 2006 to the Holy Land, Israel. And uh, it was a wonderful trip, not only because uh, Cindy's dad, who had been a retired uh, pastor and had been to the Holy Land almost 20 times, uh, was there on the trip with us, but also because we had a professional uh, tour guide. And so uh, they made sure the bus was at the right place every time. They knew exactly where we were going. They knew all about the places uh, that we visited. Uh, they made sure that all the hotel accommodations were, were squared away. Uh, they knew exactly where we were going and when we should be there. And, and I, I contrast those two trips in my mind, and I ask you this question, which of those kind of trips would you rather be on? Well, that's an, that's an easy question. We would, if we're going to be in a foreign land... Uh, to be there with a guide, an expert guide who knows where to go and how to get there and what we can expect once we get there is by far the better way to go. But in our lives here on planet Earth, and if you are a Christ follower, this is a foreign land. Here in our lives on planet Earth, we often decide that we will navigate our own path, we will make our own way, we will find our own direction rather than following the guide who cares for us deeply and knows everything about where we need to go because he had a plan for us long ago. Today we're wrapping up our series, Game Changers. 
And throughout this series, Pastor Milt and Pastor Daniel and I have been sharing passages of Scripture that have shaped our lives. We memorized them. We've sought to, to live by them with God's power and, and help, and they have been for us game changers. And our encouragement to you throughout this series is, if you're a Christ follower, you need to have some game changer passages that guide your life in strategic moments that shape you and move you in God's planned direction. And today we're going to look at one of my game changer passages from the book of Proverbs. And uh, here's our big idea for today that sums up what I'm going to try to unpack in the next 30 minutes or so. The safest place to be is in the center of God's will. In the center of God's will. Here's our passage for today. It's a game changer in my life. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I, I want to focus on that first word because I believe the, the key to understanding this game-changer passage is found in that first word, trust. What does it mean to fully trust someone? Well, it means that you believe they will never lie to you. They'll always tell you the truth. It means that you know they will always have your best interest at heart. It means that you are certain they will never leave you or betray you or abandon you. If you have people like that in your life, you are abundantly blessed. I'm, of course, blessed that, that my wife is that for me. I trust her without reservation uh, of any kind. And, and with over 50 years together, that trust has only grown stronger. But apart from your family, do you have friends that you trust that completely? For me, Steve Duffy, who is now in heaven, but... Uh, he was in our church and was my best friend for more than 30 years. And I could have trusted Steve with anything in my life, and he would have never betrayed me. Uh, I'm blessed Pastor Milt is that kind of friend for me. There is nothing that, that I cannot trust him with, with complete confidence. And if you have those kinds of friends, you are truly blessed. But let me say to you, even if you don't have a human friend, maybe not even in your own family, that you can trust completely. If you are a Christ follower, if you have stepped across the line of faith to believe in Jesus and put your faith in him, let me say to you, you can trust the Lord. You can trust him because he will never let you down. I want you to hear what the psalmist said in Psalm 33, beginning with verse 20. He said, we put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice. Why? For we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. 
I cannot tell you, I cannot overstate the importance of this in the life of every single Christ follower that is hearing my words. What difference does it make to put that kind of trust, that kind of complete, unreserved trust in the Lord? Well, if anybody knew that, it was the Apostle Paul. You remember Paul, don't you? When he was Saul, he was a a hater of Christians. He was a persecutor of the church. It was his mission in those pre-Christ days to destroy the church of, of Jesus until he met Christ on the road to Damascus and he trusted in him and that changed his life completely. And so as he wrote to the believers in Rome in what we call the book of Romans, he reflected in chapter 15, verse 13, the difference that made in his life and can make in ours. Romans 15, 13, Paul said, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. Why? Because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can trust in the Lord. He will never lie to you. He will always have your best interest at heart. He will never betray you or abandon you. I'll put it this way, it is wise to trust in the one who loves you perfectly and who sees what you cannot see and knows what you cannot know. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Now think about the things in our world that have changed that we didn't see coming. How about the pandemic? Any of us four years ago would have predicted that we would experience what we've experienced and are continuing to with the pandemic? No, we couldn't see that coming. Uh, How about the freeze of a year ago? Didn't some of you get just a little bit nervous thinking that maybe this last week was going to be Snowmageddon 2.0? Thankfully, it was not. Or if you're old enough to have remembered this, some of you will not be, but how about 9-11? For those of you who were alive then, you will never forget that day and the images we saw when America was attacked. Well, not only in our world, things we couldn't see coming, how about in your own life? Think back over the last five years of some things that have happened to you that you didn't see coming. Maybe it was an illness that you had no idea would invade your life, or an accident, perhaps. Maybe it was the loss of a loved one or a close friend. Maybe it was a change or a fail in a relationship with someone in your family. And I could go on and on. All of those things that none of us could have seen coming, those things ought to remind us that only God knows. Only God knows what the future holds. We can't even see around the corner to tomorrow. 
And so understanding that, we all know that, why would we live shaping our own life depending on our own understanding? In the book of James, which we'll study in its entirety later this year, James has a, a, a reminder to those who would try to live like that, depending on their own understanding, trying to predict and, and manage their own path. Here's what he says, chapter 4, verse 13. Look here, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. He says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, and some translations say there, if it is God's will, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. If I were writing a Bible translation, I would change that last phrase to say, and all such presumption is foolish. It's foolish. I think the writer of Proverbs nailed it in Proverbs 19, verse 3. Look at this. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Haven't you known people that have done that? Maybe you've even been there. I have. How many times do we mess something up and then we're angry at God? God, why is this happening to me? And we look back and see that our bad choice brought it on ourselves. If most of our prayers are pleased to God to ask him to rescue us from the consequences of our bad decisions, we are not living wisely. In fact, I'll be blunt enough to say this, it is foolish to trust in ourselves instead of an all-knowing God who loves us. Do not depend on your own understanding. Instead, seek his will in all you do. Now, I want to talk about God's will here for the Christ follower just a little bit. There are many decisions, thousands of decisions in our lives that whatever we choose will have no significant consequences. Uh, when I got up this morning, I could choose to wear the blue suit or my gray sport coat. To be, truth be told, I always ask my wife because she understands fashion better than me. But you see what I'm saying? Uh, one, it was not God's will for me to wear the blue suit. There are thousands of choices that we can make, and we just ought to be wise and make our own decision, and there are no significant consequences either way. But there are many significant decisions in your life and mine in which God has a right choice for us to make, his will for us, who we marry, what career we choose, what education or training we need to, to have to prepare ourselves to, to have a responsible and, and successful life. 
there, there are many other significant decisions that we need to seek the Lord because he has a plan. He has a choice for us to make. I want to take you back to a passage that Pastor Milt preached on January 16th, a game changer in his life and my life, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And I, I want to, at the end, I want to tie it into our theme for today. Paul said, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies, and, and what it really means there is your whole being, not just your physical body, to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, like laying yourself upon the altar before God, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. He goes on. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now look, look at this last part. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. One of the most important things in your life and mine as a Christ follower is to know God's will for our life. In those significant crossroad decisions, to know what it is God wants us to do. And it's, it's not a simple or easy thing. It's a spiritual discipline in which we grow throughout our faith journey to learn more and more how to know God's will, how to follow God's will. And we make mistakes along the way. And God doesn't look and say, well, you got it wrong that time. I'm done with you, buddy. Aren't you glad? He knows the mistakes we're going to make. He knows the times that, that we are willfully rebellious. He knows the times that there are things that we want so badly we convince ourselves they're God's will without really seeking to know his will, without mixing in our own desires and our own sometimes foolish opinions. But as we learn to know his will, we understand that he sees what we cannot see. He knows what we cannot know. And often his ways, his thoughts are different than ours. They're different than ours. Here's what the prophet Isaiah said, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. He said, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Can I tell you that if you are this kind of committed Christ follower and you seek to know God's will with all your heart, there will be times when the Lord will direct you in a way that doesn't make a lot of sense to you. You'll dig in the scripture to find his will because his will and scripture always line up. You'll seek godly counsel of people that you trust that will try to help you. But ultimately, God has to speak to your heart. And sometimes he will lead you to do things that at that time don't make any sense to you. But I can tell you 
most of the time, not all of the time, sometimes we'll only know when we get to heaven, but most of the time we'll somewhere in the, the future, somewhere down the path, be able to look back and say, okay, I get it now. I see what God was doing that I had no clue about, and I'm sure glad I didn't go that other way. Any of you ever had that experience? Where you look back and you see that the God who sees what we cannot see and knows what we cannot know will guide us if we will seek his will. And you know what? And, and, and to me, this is an incredibly encouraging truth. God had a plan for you before you were ever born. And you may say, well, that sounds like a good preacher statement. No, my friends, that's scripture. Let me show you Psalm 139, 15 through 17. The psalmist says to the Lord, this is so powerful. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Now look, look at this. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And when that reality, that very personal reality, washed over the psalmist, he responded like this in verse 17. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. So let me ask you a question. If a great God like ours would formulate a plan for us while we were still within the womb of our mothers and he knew what his will for us was throughout all of our life's journey, why would we depend instead on our own understanding? We are instead to trust him and to seek his will in all you do. And that, my friends, is a, a part of an if-then promise. You've heard me talk about that before. There are if-then promises in the scripture. If we will be faithful to God in this, then our faithful God will do this. And so here's God's part if we will seek his will in all we do. And he will show you which path to take. What I'm trying to say here is that God doesn't play games with his children. To those who have fully surrendered hearts, he will make his will known. But, but here's the rub. Unless we are surrendered to do God's will before we know what it is, we will never know what it is. You have to come to our God with a submitted heart. Let me show it to you in Scripture. Again, the book of James, chapter 1, verse 5. And James is speaking as if he's speaking to someone who's seeking to know God's will. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But there's a condition. There's, a, there's an important part of this we have to understand. It's in the next three verses. But when you ask him, 
Be sure that your faith is in God alone. In other words, you're already committed. God, before I know the, the path, before I know the question, the answer is yes. The answer is I will. Be sure that your faith is in God alone, not your own understanding. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that's blown and tossed by the wind. And this is scary, verse 7. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. But if we'll come to him with surrendered hearts because we trust in him, then God does not abandon his children to figure out this life on our own. He will direct us if our hearts are submitted to him. The year was 1987. I had been leading churches in worship uh, for 20 years since my senior year in high school. Thought that was going to be my life's ministry throughout the end of my, my journey. But in 1987, very unexpectedly, the Lord put a burden on my heart to teach the Scripture. And, and I'll, I'll not make the story longer than it needs to be, but it, it, it was a difficult struggle. And yet, I, I sought the Lord and I said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just, just make it clear. And through a process, as Cindy and I worked that together, he made that change in my life and in our ministry. Uh, in 1987, Cindy and I were at First Baptist Church in Humble, a growing church in a growing community. Uh, the, the worship ministry was going great. We had a choir of 60 people, and, and it was just, it was, it was a wonderful place. And then the Lord chose to move us. We walked away from that worship ministry and to become a teaching pastor. And we went from a choir of 60 people to a whole church of 20 people. And six of them were us. <laughs> and for the next two and a half years, and I didn't realize what he was doing at the time, for the next two and a half years, God took us to, to pastoral boot camp to teach us what it meant to love people, to shepherd people, to try to lead a church. In that case, that little church had been abandoned as a mission by its sponsoring church, and they were just out there on their own with almost no resources. And how to teach God's word in a way that could help and instruct people. And what we didn't know that all of that, all of those very difficult two and a half years was preparation for our life's work to come to Magnolia, Texas and to lead and to shepherd and to teach this wonderful church for three decades and counting. I had no idea what God was doing in 1987, but he had a plan and all he asked us to do was trust him. Trust him. So the question, Christ follower, that you must answer, you must answer, is can I trust him? Can I 
trust him. And Cindy and I want to say to you, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. The safest place you can be is the center of God's will. Let me pray for you. I thank you, our Father, for my brothers and sisters, both here in the worship center, on the lower floor, those in the balcony, those who are watching online, those who are listening to the podcast. I thank you for every one of my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I pray that this game changer passage would impact their life as deeply as it has mine. And I pray for those that are here today who have never yet stepped across the line of faith to trust in Christ for salvation, for eternal life, for this life's journey. And I pray that there would be those who would come a little closer and some perhaps that would step across that line of faith even today. We thank you that you are a good and faithful and loving God whom we can trust, who will never lie to us, who always has our best interest at heart, and who will never abandon us or forsake us, but instead lead us on the path of that plan that you have for us, that you had before we were ever born, to give us joy and peace and purpose, even in the midst of the most difficult seasons of struggle and suffering that come our way in this fallen world. Help us to trust in you and to follow you with submitted hearts. I pray for them today in Jesus' name, amen.